Hi, everybody. My name is B. Bonner, and you're listening to Community Voices right here on NPR Illinois. And today, I am talking to a returning guest, playwright, director, and actor Tim Crawford. Thank you so much for coming back and joining us. Well, thank you, B, for having me. Yeah, well, for those that are, you know, just tuning in and really listening to this interview first, can you give us a refresher on who you are and where you're from? Well, I'm Tim Crawford. I was originally born in Chicago, but I've been a Springfield resident here since since 2009. I came here on a six-month filling in temporary job and it went so well that I'm still here. I even <laughs> retired from that job at the Illinois Education Association and I continue to live in Springfield and write plays and act and study my craft and I'm very happy to be the artist in residence for the Our Stage Our Voices program at UIS Performing Arts Center. That came about because I've been writing plays and I had this idea for a play about the 1908 Springfield race riot. Across my email came this message from Carly Shank about this program Mm -hmm. at UIS and I put together an application for that and lo and behold they called me up and said, you got it. Yes, yes, yes. And I heard it's been going pretty well. So just before we jump into some of this, if you are listening right now and you want to learn more about Tim's journey, we won't cover it quite here today, but you can listen to that first interview that Vanessa did a while ago. So go to nprillinois.org under Community Voices to learn more about Tim. But since you brought up our stage, our Voices Artists and Resonance program here at UIS, let's talk a little bit about that. So when I was reading about it It is an opportunity for a selected artist to serve as an activist to readily advance a specific project that can help raise voices amplify voices in underrepresented communities in the performing arts so can you give us a little more background on the program what kind of drew you to it the fact that I was working on the play that dealt with the 1908 Springfield race riot was the sort of biggest motivator for me to to apply But as I started to think about it and reading the actual requirements for the application, one of the things that was asked was how can you help spread the voices of the community or be more impactful in terms of spreading the voices of the community? There's a DEI activist aspect to the program. And I, one of the things that, I'm, that I do is I am also the chairperson of the DEI committee for the Hoagland Center for the Arts Board of Trustees. And putting on my hat about how can I expand, do what I'm doing, but also help others get their voices out there. I remembered a conversation I had with Vanessa Ferguson on the air here. She asked me, if a person wants to get started in playwriting, what can they do? And I didn't have a good answer then, but I do now. One of the things I added to my project that I'm doing for the Our Stage, Our Voices Artist in Residency was a three-session writing for the stage workshop. The idea was to get playwrights and people who wanted to be playwrights into a room and give them the background and skills they could use to write a 10-minute play. And out of that workshop, we had 22 people sign up, and we got nine plays that were presented as a part of a contest to see the which of the those plays would be performed November 11th event that we did which was a preview of my play Outraged Terror in Springfield 1908 but in in front of that we had three other plays from their workshop one of the other things is that there's now a coterie of local playwrights who know each other mm-hmm. and there's a mailing list and we have a Facebook page so that those folks can keep in touch and create a group of 
folks who have an interest in playwriting. One of the things I was adamant about was not spending a lot of time talking, but rather spending most of the time with folks actually writing in the workshop mm-hmm. and, and sharing their work. We did three sessions. We also did an evaluation and got feedback. And one of the pieces of feedback was we love the exercises. Next time, instead of having a skip week, just have four sessions. Yeah. And that was really good advice because I think what folks really valued was the ability to be together in that room and sharing and also writing together. So as you're, you know, getting the feedback on the sessions and everything, and as you yourself learning from these workshops, when you look at our performing arts community, what else do we need? I think going into a production with the mindset of increasing diversity is something that I think everybody should sort of adopt. Again, I said to you, I learned from the workshop. I also learned from what we did initially in November for the preview for my mm-hmm. show. There's a chorus in, in my play, and the chorus is a chorus of the citizens of Springfield, the white citizens in Springfield mm-hmm. 1908. But in stepping away from that and getting feedback from the audience, I recognized that I could do a little more with that. Instead of having white people portraying angry white people, mm-hmm. I thought, well, maybe we could do a more diverse chorus and not only have the diverse chorus perform what needs to be performed about the citizens of Springfield in 1908, but also to comment on it by having a very diverse group uh, in the chorus. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're doing this time around. So folks who've seen it already, there's gonna be a lot of stuff that's changed and different, (laughs) and I think improved in the new version of the play. Right. So you know what? Now that we've you know brought up the play here, let's talk about that a little bit more. Outrage, Terror in Springfield, 1908. So you know, as Tim's been talking, you can kind of gather now that we are, are talking about the race riots that happened in 1908 here in Springfield. But can you give us a bit of a summary of maybe the some of the characters and the plot here for the people that may not have a lot of background on the play? The play starts essentially when the lead character, Bonaparte Baker, steps off a train in Springfield, Illinois. He's on his way west, and he wants to try to make amends with his brother-in-law who lives in Springfield. And he shows up in Springfield on August 14th, which is the day that the riot starts. And he finds that this backdrop of violence and terror is not unfamiliar to him since he survived a similar outbreak of terror in Wilmington, North Carolina. So here he is 10 years later, trying to resolve his own situation with his brother, but also needing to do that with the backdrop of 1908 race riot. Right, right. And, you know, this is a very serious topic. It is a very real topic, something that actually, you know, happened, that actually happened here in Springfield. And so why did you decide that this is the story you wanted to tell? I was watching a YouTube video about a mural that was being done in Springfield commemorating the 1908 race riot. And I had this thought about what would it have been like to live through that? So I'm not trying to tackle the 1908 race riot. It's a bigger canvas than I want to be able to paint on. I wanted to tackle a family drama with the 1908 terror attacks on the black community in Springfield as a backdrop. So there are events that take place and folks talk about it, but what they're really trying to resolve is their own personal issues. Mm -hmm. And that's what, what really drew me to the idea of working within that framework because I think the drama 
and the hope that comes from my play is an essential tool to getting to a solution to what ails us. I had these sort of two phases of research. Mm -hmm. I wanted to research it enough to see if this idea that I had was a valid one that I could carry through on. And then after doing that research, I sat down at the computer and started writing, and these characters just sort of emerged. Mm -hmm. I knew that Bonaparte Baker was a character. I knew he had a brother, didn't know his brother's name. I knew his brother had a wife. I thought his brother had a son and a daughter. As I got to writing, turns out he, they don't have a daughter, but they do have a son. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I realized after the first draft that I needed to do some more research because some right. stuff I wrote I didn't know the answers to. Well, where did you go for that research? Well, I got a subscription to the Journal Register archives. Oh, wow. So I did a lot of reading of newspapers. There's several books or pamphlets or booklets. And I've also reached out to people who have been very helpful who are doing this kind of sort of research and, and in-depth analysis of what went on. I talked to Lisa Johnson here at UIS. Right. I, I spoke with Brian Mitchell over at the Abraham Lincoln Presidential Museum and provided me with a lot of, what was the day-to-day? -day? What was it like to be here in 1908? And that's been very helpful to me. To sort of answer your question, the impetus for it was seeing that documentary on YouTube. But when I started to delve into it, I realized that there was a story there that I could do, do a little speculation mm -hmm. to about what happened in the family and what happened to cause the riot. So there's some speculation on my part mm -hmm. in the play. And I find that fascinating and also a real basis for, uh, for discussion with the audience. Well, I want to talk a little bit more about the family dynamics, too, because that's important. But really quick, if you are just now tuning in, you are listening to Community Voices on NPR Illinois. And I am co-host and editor B. Bonner. And today we are talking to Tim Crawford, who is the R Stage, R Voices artist in residence at UIS. And Tim has a new play coming up, Outrage, Terra in Springfield, 1908. Eight. So we've been talking a lot about the race riots that happened in Springfield in 1908 so far, but you brought up this idea of really exploring the family dynamics in the show. So I kind of wanted to talk about that a little bit more. What family dynamics can we see? What themes will we be seeing in this play? Well, for one, Bonaparte Baker arrives in Springfield on the day that the riot, the race riot starts, but it's also the day of his nephew's birthday party. Mm -hmm. When he arrives at their home, there's the mom, Joni, is putting icing on a cake for their son who's 13. And the father is a barber and he's not home, but he does arrive shortly after they, he shuts down the shop early because there's a commotion. His shop is on the levee. And there's a commotion not more than a block and a half away at the jail. And they recognize that it's time to get out of there. So... When Henry arrives back home, he he sees that Bonaparte is there, and they haven't seen each other for 10 years. And, well, Henry says to Bonaparte, I've been wanting to give you a black eye for 10 years. <laughs> and now you got all this other stuff going on, and you're still dealing with family drama yes. in the midst. One of the things that I'm exploring in mm -hmm. this play within this family and the other two characters who come in that live in Springfield is that there's a variety of different reactions to what's going on. Mm -hmm. Some folks may be more in the mix of it and a little more touched mm -hmm. by the violence, whereas some of the characters never experience the violence. There's, a, in fact, one character who just reads about it in a paper is mm -hmm. kind of detached wow. from it. Mm -hmm. 
But that difference is actually kind of part of the story, which is that different people react differently to different things. And I imagine you found a good group of people to, you know, portray these characters. So did you have to audition people? Actually, I, I got lucky for the reading. I was able to get uh, Tony Young yeah. to play the part of Bonaparte Baker, but he was unavailable for February. Mm-hmm. So I had to do cast a further net. So basically, I've tried to use my own connections and Carly Shank's connections to gather a cast. Many of them are returning from the reading. We had to cast the chorus completely differently because, as I mentioned earlier, the chorus was made up of white folks before, and I want a more diverse chorus this time. Also, in order to make them more of a chorus, they are much more speaking in verse than they were before. That was that was another huge change and a, and a lot of work for me. <laughs> but it'll all be worth it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, you know, there's going to be a discussion after this. So I guess my question is, what is the main point you want to get across to the audience? A point I want to get across to, to the audience is that the black community is not monolithic. They react to things differently depending on their background, who they are, what they want. One of the other things I'd like to get across to the audience is a feeling of hope, even in this situation of great despair. I will say I got some feedback from the November 11th reading, and I think people got that as well. I'm hopeful that the message of hope will get through. Yes, 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 yes. I hope so, too. But it sounds like it just hearing about the different dynamics and the different themes. I think we could all learn something historically, but also something about relationships, which I'm always for. Yeah. That's a beautiful way you put that. Yes, I hope that's the case. Okay, let me pat myself on the back for that one. (laughs) Well, Tim, as we're kind of wrapping up here, you know, I think we need to continue having these conversations in the community. So if you had to make give some advice or make a suggestion, how can we keep making sure these conversations continue and not just stop here? Well, one is I want to tout the upcoming Our Stage, Our Voices residency program application process. This will be going on hopefully for a long period of time. My tenure ends in March. There will be a new Our Stage Our Voices Artists in Residence and I hope folks will pay attention to when the application process starts and we'll, we'll try to think about projects that will go deeper into the community and also try to raise up the voices of others in the community. If we can keep that process going, I think we'll find that there's some really sparkling, wonderful ideas out there. And the more we share those things, the more as a community, we can celebrate ourselves. And we can grow. So I truly agree with you and hope we can continue to do this. And shout out to UIS and shout out to the Art Stage, Our Voices, Artists in Residence program. Tim, as we're talking about what's next and what's new and what's going on, I know you're doing something else. There has to be (laughs) something. So what else do you have going on after you're done with this? I am working on a screenplay. That screenplay is based on my short play, which is called Faith Lester is Married, comma, Happily. And that screenplay is going to be for a short film, and I expect that to happen sometime later this year. Mm-hmm. And I'm also working on a noir play that is a sort of detective story, mystery thriller for the stage that I'm very excited about. Oh, that all sounds very interesting. You may have to just come back. Oh, my goodness. You're going to get sick of us here. (laughs) Not likely. (laughs) Well, I'm so excited to see all you have going on. And if people are trying to go see Outrage, Terror in Springfield, 1908, where can they go? Where can they get tickets? And what are the dates? Okay, so the dates are 
Friday, February 9th at 7.30, Saturday, February 10th at 7.30, and Sunday, February 11th at 3 p.m. The box office is the UIS box office. It's UISPAC.com. And you can also call 217-206-6160. It is a full-length play, although we're going to be running it without an intermission. And uh, I look forward to seeing you all there. That is awesome. Well, Tim Crawford, I am excited to hear more about this production and anything else you have going on in the future. And once again, thank you for joining me today. Thank you, B. It's been a pleasure. To hear more from the Community Voices team, visit nprillinois.org.